Hello everyone, welcome to Lionel Home Loans, or as you say in Spanish, Lionel Home Loans. It's July 13th, Wednesday. Um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you for tuning to my previous episodes. My most previous episode was on mortgages. Um, today's episode, though, it's on stock market. Uh, more or less what the stock market is, uh, what you can find on the stock market, what the exchanges are, what you can buy on those exchanges, um, how to do your research, uh, which platforms you can use to buy stocks, shares, ETFs, mutual funds, and uh, just some research tips. And also a little bit on why we're at where we're at right now in regards to the health of the stock market or the condition of the stock market. So uh, one thing about myself, though, when I introduce myself, I like I always do. Uh, my background is finances. Um, I was previously a banker. I worked at a bank. Um, I also have a, um, a background in credit. I'm a credit specialist. Um, I'm a credit consultant, so I help with the re- with the um, the repair of credit and also establishing new credit. Um, either reestablishing it, acquiring new credit, or um, or establishing it from the beginning, from scratch. Uh, I'm also a mortgage loan officer, so that's where my background comes from: uh, mortgages, credit, uh, banking, and uh, that's what brought me to today, which bringing which brings me to uh, creating a podcast for financial literacy. So let's get let's get into it. So today's like I said, today's episode is based on the stock market. So we're going to talk about I'm going to give you a little brief description. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about what the stock market is. Uh, like I said, what what is a share? What's a stock? What's a stock split? What the exchanges are like the Nasdaq, the Dow Jones, the New York Stock Exchange, the S&P 500, um, what you can buy on there, like the bonds, the mutual funds, um, ETFs. The platforms you can buy it on, like E-Trade, Fidelity, Robinhood. Um, what research you need to do before you decide to buy a security, a stock, a share. And a little bit on what the current market conditions are. So let's get into it. Uh, what, what is the stock market? So a definition of the stock market according to Wikipedia and other online sources. The stock market is the business of buying and selling stock. So that's pretty simple, right? So um, it's an exchange where you can buy, uh, you know, uh, a sh- a shares of a company. Um, so, um, and you're wondering, well, what exactly is a stock? Well, a stock, well, a stock is something that's issued by a company. And uh, the reason that why a company would even issue a stock to begin with or a share would be to gain capital. Um, it's pretty much raising money without going into debt. I know usually people think that in order to, to gain, to gain some more capital for the business you either started up or to, um, expand, they need to go get, borrow money, but, this is a way where you don't have to borrow money. You just sell ownership or, or part partial ownership of your company. And what you sell, what you get in return, that's the money you use, those liquid funds you use to uh, expand your business or to establish your business or for the next project. Um, so you wonder why, why do people buy stocks in the, in, to begin with? Or why do they buy shares? So you, you, you buying shares or you buying stocks, what you're doing is you're, you're buying a, a small percentage or ownership of that business. So, for example, if a company goes public, if goes public, that means that you're going to go on these stock exchanges and you're going to start selling your, your stock. Um, so, for example, let's say you have 100 shares and you sell one share. Well, one share is 1%. So now whoever buys that one share um, of your stocks, um, they are now own 1% of the company. So that's pretty much what a share is. Um, it's just... Um, the 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 um a, a share is a single unit of a 
of a of, of a company of a company stock, and then uh, a stock is having part ownership in a company. So it's the biggest difference. Remember, the stock is having the ownership in the company, and the share is the single unit of how much of that ownership you acquired. So that's what a, that's what a share is. So uh, now that we know what that is, let's move in into what is a stock split. So you probably hear that a lot. You hear that on the news. You hear it on CNBC, um, of different uh, Yahoo Finance, um, of different articles and social media on the internet and, and TV about companies doing a stock split. So what a stock stock split is is pretty much when a stock is divided, it increases the number of shares in its company. So for example, like a two to one split. Um, when that means that if, if you, if an investor, uh, each investor will own now, will now own double the amount of the shares. So if you owned, um, uh, two shares, now you own, uh, you know, four shares. So it gets split up. It gets cut into little pieces. Think of, a, um, a slice of pizza and it's just two slices. But when you do a stock split, you cut into small pieces. So now you have more shares, but it really just equals to two. So it's just pretty much just diluting whatever you're, what, what the company stocks already have. And the, the reason companies do stock splits will be to, um, you know, to, to gain, to gain more capital, to make it more affordable for people to buy the share because at certain prices, buying a share just doesn't make that much sense. It's so expensive that, you know, um, it wouldn't make sense to even buy it to begin with. So companies do this to get more people to buy the share, to buy more stocks, to get to become investors of the company. So they can raise more capital. That's, you know, it's pretty much one of the reasons why they do a stock split. Um, so now we're going to transition into why, uh, or where, where you can find, um, where you can find, um, uh, these, these stocks, these stocks. So, so, um, and we'll, we'll talk about the exchanges and the words that are thrown out a lot. Um, when you hear, when you talk about the stock market and those words that are thrown a lot are the NASDAQ, the Dow Jones, uh, the New York Stock Exchange, and the S&P 500. So let's first talk about what the NASDAQ is. So the NASDAQ is actually New York City. It's second behind the New York Stock Exchange. Um, it runs on Eastern Time. Um, the NASDAQ, um, commonly known as an index, um, what it does is that it, it's, it's basis, it, it, it weighs the reason, it, what it is, it, it, it has indexes. And um, its waste, its weight is based on um, the market value, the companies of the market value. So that means that um, that the company with the with the great with the with the total with the greatest uh, total market value will be on the Nasdaq. So the biggest company that has more market, the most market, the highest market value within their industry will be on the Nasdaq. And a few examples of that are like Apple, uh, Microsoft, uh, Meta. Uh, to name a few. So that's that, that specific stock exchange. Now, there's another thing that's always being told us as well is that the Dow Jones. Uh, some people think that's a stock exchange as well, but it's, it's really not. What the Dow Jones is, it's a, uh, it's a stock index. And what it does is that it features 30 of the largest companies in the United States. And, um, you're wondering, well, how does it, how does the Dow Jones work then? So what it is, it's designed to, um, to pretty much Prove a, a a viewpoint of, of what the current what, what's the current view or the current health of the stock market, um, and it's supposed to reflect you know where where it's at if it's stable if it's not, uh, based on those thirty companies or the top companies in the United States, um, 
some people believe that, you know, yeah, it, 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 it can kind of gives a reflection. Some others don't because 30 companies out of 2,400 companies listed on these exchanges doesn't really mean that much. It's a very small amount. But, you know, that's just something that's, that's commonly used is for averages and numbers and statistics is to kind of give, give, you know, give um, analysts of analysts um, a picture of what the where the, uh, the stock market is at the moment. So uh, I mentioned earlier the Nasdaq, and I would say that was second behind another exchange. And the first exchange is actually the New York Stock Exchange. So the New York Stock Exchange is an American stock uh, company. Uh, it's an American stock exchange. Um and it's in the financial district of Lower Manhattan in, in New York City. It has 2,400 listings. It means it has 2,400 companies listed on that exchange. Um, it was found May 17, 1792, so it's over 200 years old. Um, it has the largest equity-based exchange in the world, and that's based on the total market capitalized um, in, in at the moment right now. Um, the New York Stock Exchange is open from 9.30 in the morning to about 4 p.m., and that's in Eastern time. So I'm over here on the West Coast, which is, um, for example, right now it's nine o'clock, nine thirty over there. It's midnight. So to give you a better perspective of where, you know, their how their their times are different. Um, here in California, um, uh, when it's six thirty Pacific time in California, for example, over there in New York, it's nine thirty. So uh, you know, their day, their, the the stock exchange start the bell rings at nine thirty and it ends at four o'clock. But in California. That means that it starts at 6:30, and then that ends at 1:30. So, um, if anyone's investing on the West Coast, they have to, you know, change their schedule, work around that time schedule, because that's where that's where the um, the stock exchange is at in New York. And obviously, they go by East Coast time. Um, so that's one of the uh, one of the most popular words to be said in uh, in the stock market world. Another one is the S&P 500. So the S&P 500, what S&P stands for is the Standard & Poor. So it really is, it's, it's an index. It tracks the uh, the stock performance of 500 largest companies. Um, and it's listed on, and it's listed on exchanges in the U.S. Um, it includes ETFs, index funds, and mutual funds. Um, so that's what it, that's what it has at, at this point. So, now we're going to transition into um, uh, what you can find on these exchanges, what you can find there on the New York Stock Exchange, and what you can find on on the uh, on the on the Nasdaq. So um, what you can find are stocks, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, a stock is a is a share or a percentage of a company that's owned, uh, a share of that company, a percentage that's up for sale. Um, there are also ETFs and mutual funds. So I'm gonna go over a little few details about what ETFs are. So ETFs are pretty much a pool of different stocks and bonds and different securities, and it's pulled into one complete uh, exchange. But it's usually it, it centers around a specific industry, like for example the auto industry, or um, the battery industry, or the electric car industry, or it could be the food industry, um, even things as lucrative as the cannabis world. There's a specific cannabis ETF that invests in a lot of um, cannabis uh, listed companies, but usually those companies are out of the United States. Um, a lot of them are like in Europe and in Canada, for example. So a few distinctions about what an ETF is, is that um, it's priced continuously. It's aggressive. Like I mentioned earlier, it's... Um, it's, it's a pool of different securities, different stocks, um, and it can distribute dividends um, uh, weekly or, 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 so, or, or periodically. 
uh, and, 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 it, and its price changes practically throughout the day continuously. Um, another thing you can find on the, uh, on the stock exchanges are mutual funds. So mutual funds compared to ETFs are less aggressive. They include four different types of, um, uh, four types of different funds are mutual funds, which are the money markets, the stock market, uh, stocks, bonds, and indexes. Um, one thing about the mutual funds is they're not actually listed on stock exchanges. And, um, and it also, it's pricing, it's priced at the end of the day, not like ETFs where it's continuous changing throughout the day, just kind of like stocks. Um, and its dividends can actually be, um, auto reinvested. So that's a few, that's a few options you have when you are, um, uh, buying on, 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 the, on these exchanges. So now that we know where we can buy them, where they're at, let's move into, um, how, how do you acquire, how do you acquire buying these shares or these ETFs or these mutual funds? So what you can do pretty much is open an account with an investment brokerage account, with investment account, um, with brokers. A few examples, I mean, there's a few of them out there, but the biggest ones that come to mind are Fidelity, uh, E-Trade, Robinhood. Um, out of those three, I would probably rank the highest, in my personal opinion, uh, Fidelity. And the reason I say Fidelity is because it's free. Um, it has no commission fees, just like the other two. Um, you can open checking accounts on there. But most importantly, what sets them apart from all the other one are the research tools. There's a lot of great research tools. There's a lot of graphs. There's um, obviously there's articles that, that are obviously presented on all three platforms, but the research tools are really great in regards to how it goes about five years ago. You know, the, the health of that, of that company, uh, where it works, where it prices at today, where it was at 52 weeks ago, which is a year ago, where it was at two years ago, where it was at five years ago. It has a lot of analytics, a lot of numbers you can look at to see if um, they're making their quarterly earnings, how much is price per share, um, if it's making any re revenues. Um, and obviously, like as it has updates and stories being published all the time. But all in all, it just has a lot, a lot of great tools. Um, Fidelity also has um, a line of credit that um, investors can use um, because, you know, you and it's based upon um, how much money you have in your investment account. So if you have a specific amount, then they'll give you like a line of credit. It's not used like it's not based upon your credit score. It's more about how many, you know, how much money you have in there and how much you how much you traded. Um, so that's what Fidelity has. Um, E-Trade is pretty much exactly the same. There's not much of a difference. Um, it has also, it's free. Um, there's no commission fees. Also has checking accounts, has great analytics. Um, but I do find that, find that Fidelity has just a bit more, more useful tools compared to E-Trade. Um, and I actually have an account with both and I enjoy both, but I just, you know, I put my money in different, um, different brokerage so that I know how much, um, you know, I, I try to have one, one brokerage account like Fidelity where I buy um, mutual funds and I buy ETFs. And then on E-Trade, I just buy straight company stocks. I go straight for that specific company like a Nike or an Amazon or a Google, uh, Starbucks. I, I, I buy them straight on there. So I just separate the money and I separate what I follow on one. And the way I like to play is that when I buy mutual funds or ETFs, I buy them and I just kind of forget about them. However, when I go back to, um, to, to E-Trade, that's the one where I sell, you know, vigorously throughout the day where I do some day trading. And that's pretty much the difference is a day trader is someone who buys and sells stocks throughout the whole day. Um, an investor will be someone who just buys it and maybe forgets about it and watches it periodically, but you know, they won't get back to it. So maybe a few weeks later, or even months later. So a third example of another, of another 
another platform where you can buy stocks uh, is Robinhood. So Robinhood is just exactly like Fidelity Trade. However, it's more of a simpler version. Um, it's very easy to buy things on there. Um, it doesn't come with all the analytics compared to a Fidelity E-Trade, but it's just it's a good start. If you just want to get into you know to the stock market, um, you can go in there and you can pretty much see how that works, how, how it is to buy a stock, how long it takes for it to execute, a few basic tools, have ownership. You can see how much you're making, how much you're losing, all the basic things. But it, it won't have as many tools compared to Fidelity or compared to E-Trade. And as a matter of fact, um, I'm not sure where the, the health of Robin Hood is, but I know they had several issues in the past uh, with specific, you know, stocks or companies being listed on there and different lawsuits and the way they've handled the, um, the, the, the people buying their, their shares at a very low price and kind of, well, how do you say they, they, they inflated and then they all buy together and then the next day they all sell together. So these, these prices, they, they fluctuate really, really bad on Robinhood. And Robinhood, like I said, it's just for the normal Joes, for someone who wants to get in there, wants to know how to buy stocks. That's a good way to introduce yourself into to buying the stock market is using that specific platform. But once you're ready and you feel like you're ready to, to have more of a better strategy, use more tools, do more research, then that's when I would consider going into Fidelity and E-Trade. So the next thing now, now that we know what platforms to use, let's do a little bit about the research. You know, what does it take to buy a stock or share? What, what do you have to do? Well, what you can do, um, what you should do when you're doing your research, for example, like on Fidelity, which I've been talking highly of just a few minutes ago, um, I would look at where that, that company, where its price is, its, its share price, or its stock price, where it's been in the last 52 weeks. So that's the, the previous year, its highest, its lowest, what are the trends? During what season does it go up? When does it go down? What news impacted its stock? Um, this, those, those are things you want to pay attention to. And you can go from 52 weeks, which is a year, to two years, to five years, to 10 years, depending on how old or how long that company has been listed on those stock exchanges. Another thing you want to pay attention to also is the volume size. The volume size is how many people are buying their shares, how many people are actually trading and buying the, 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 the company's uh, you know, their, their stock. So the higher volume size, it means it's really busy. People are really buying it. They're really trading. It's something worth the value. Another thing you want to pay attention to is the upcoming events. So they'll list when the next quarterly update happens. There's four quarterly updates that most businesses go through. Um, you know, it's it's the first, second, and third quarter. The first quarter, obviously, if we can compare like to the season, the first quarter would be around, you know, the, the first. Uh, it, well, not, not that's, that's the season, I'm sorry. It's part of the year. So from January to, to the end of March, that's the first quarter. The second quarter will be from April to June. The third quarter will be from July to about, I believe, October to September. And then the fourth quarter will be from October to December. So uh, you can see which upcoming events are coming up, which what are the quarterly events when, when these companies will say how they did in their previous quarter, whether they met their goals, they didn't meet their goals, how much they sold, their price per share, if any dividends were made, what were the good things, what were the bad things, what were the opportunities or what were the mistakes they made. It, it's, it's just to let you know where they are at previously. And um, another thing you can also want to look up to is, is not just the upcoming events, but in the future, but what's going on that day or what's happened in the past. And within the past you know, few days, a few weeks, <laughs> there, there's always a lot of articles that are constantly being published about a company, about uh, its new deals. Uh, new products or services it's coming out with 
where those things are at, uh, where where the the health of the company, um, new things that are being launched, different it has different news. Um, you know, things are positive things, negative things, and um, you know the the thing about the stock market or certain stock certain stock companies it can be very volatile. By volatile, what I mean is that a lot of things affect it. You know, some good news can make the stock plummet. Some good, some I'm sorry, some good news can make it go up. Some bad news can make it go really bad, really down. It drop the the stock price, uh, it, it drops. So you want to be wary of what's going on. If you're if you if you're investing into a uh, a specific company or if you're buying shares just to trade it, you know you always want to keep your research on it and see whether the 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 most up to date news about it because you may have missed something and because of that news article as soon as it came out and it was bad news. You had a chance right there and there to sell it, but because you didn't, you forgot it or you didn't pay attention to that article. Now that 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 stock price has gone down. So keep in touch with what's going on with its its future events, its current events, and what's happened previously, so you know more or less what's the health of that company, where it's where it's been going and where it's going to go to. Another thing you can do is compare to its competitors. So you can, if it's in the same industry, for example, if it's like um, EV charging, uh, um, electric cars, vehicles, those batteries that they charge, those companies that that offer those networks for those cars to be charged at or even the specific batteries themselves. It could be something like the soft drink industry, like Coca-Cola and Pepsi. It could be a uh, sports apparel like Nike and Adidas. You want to compare, if for example, you're going to buy something with with Adidas, see where it's at with this competition. Who has the biggest market share? Who's making the most revenue? Who has the highest value? Um, you know, who's doing better than its competitors? So these are things you want to pay attention to. Another thing that you can also do, like I said, I mentioned earlier, you don't have to buy that specific stock. You can buy an ETF. So what an ETF, like I mentioned earlier, it's just a pool. It's a pool of different companies. And what brings them together is that an ETF is that they're in the same industry. So the cool thing about ETF is that you buy a small percentage of these. The ETFs are are, are managed by a, f- a fund manager and they buy different things that are, that are making the most, making the biggest moves, making the most money, the good news, and they buy percentages. So now you own a small percentage of all these different things. So what you want to do is when you're looking at that ETF, there could be numerous ETFs being run by different uh, investment firms, and, and they're all within the same industry. But one has a different name, another one's by a different name, um, even by the same brokerage account like Fidelity it might have its own different mutual funds or ETFs. And what you want to do is you want to compare them to other ETFs. You want to see which one has the biggest rate of return. Um, you want to see what companies are being listed on those ETFs. Um, sometimes they're very similar. Sometimes they're only off by a different companies or what they're doing, or, or sometimes they're exact same companies. The only difference is that one fund manager is, is buying more of this company A than, uh, and then the other company, they're only buying a small percentage. Like let's say if it was the electric vehicle industry, um, one of them might be buying a lot of Tesla and the other one might be buying uh, the other company, the other ETF. The fund manager might be buying a lot of Lucid. So you see which percentages are more, which ones are better, uh, which are more or less. You can see, you can compare them, how much they've been in the past year, what their rate of return was. Um, you know, they had 20% of them over the past year, 10%, 5%. You can see what the price is. You want to compare those kind of things. Um, another thing you want to do also is check the bear or bull model. So a bear means that the company or the stock price is not doing very well. So they're in the bear market. The number's pretty low as a ranking from like one to 10. So bears, you know, three or four and lower. A bull would be like seven and up. So that means there's a lot of promise. The company's doing well. There's good news. 
the, the products or services are advancing, the value of the price is going higher, there's good news about it. So that's, that's those are things you want to you you want to uh, you want to pay attention to. Another thing you want to pay attention to also is a tip. It's called like the cost average analysis. Um, so what that means is, or cost analysis average. Yes. Yeah, so so what it is is that when you buy a specific company or share, let's say it was at a high point, let's say it was like fifty dollars for example, and then the very next day there was really bad news, or for the or for a week that had a really rough week, and they got hit with a bunch of different you know problems of their internal uh, internal issues they were making that much money they didn't meet their demand there was a change in leadership there was a scandal that can bring the stock price down so let's say it was at 50 on monday by friday it's i don't know 30 to 35 so if you bought it at 50 then automatically you lost 20 dollars per share depending on how many shares you have right so let's say you know you you so you lost money on that so what you can do is to cut your is is not necessarily to cut your losses, but to help you lower how much you lost, you buy more. So if you bought it at like fifty in the beginning, and then when it dropped to thirty, you bought more. Well, now the average now it's not the price is neither fifty and it's neither thirty somewhere in between. It's whatever the average is for those those two numbers. So it's like around forty or something. So now it all so now that you bought more at a cheaper price. Now the the average of how much it costs it it, it kind of meets somewhere in the middle. So what's up happening is now it 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 costs you more like forty dollars. So even though it went from fifty to thirty, now it's costing you forty. Once that that company turns around, once it it, it goes up to the forty, now you're breaking even, and, and now you can start making money at forty one dollars. Where previously, if you bought it at fifty and you went through a rough patch, you have to wait till it goes back to fifty to break break even again. But if you buy it at 30 and your new average is 40, but when it gets to 41, you're already back to even. You don't have to wait till it's 50. And when it gets to 41, you actually start making money again. So that's that's one way. And you can do that. You can buy those stocks you know, weekly or monthly. And it'll, it'll, what it'll do is it'll give you a better cost average. And that's what I would do. You know, I bought something really high and I see that it's going really low. I buy it really low so that now it didn't cost me as much because I bought it so cheap. It kind of averages out to a better middle number. And, you know, once once my stock starts going up again, when it reaches that middle number, now I'm breaking even at, at a much faster point. Um, another thing that you want to pay attention to when you're. When you're when you're when you're doing your research on a stock or a or a ETF or a company, a mutual fund, what you want to do is you also want to pay attention to the predictions of it, where it's going to be at in the short term and it's midterm and it's long term. And this is something that's a tool that's, like I said, one of the research tools you can use on Fidelity. Uh, one of it's called the short term. And it pretty much tells you where they estimate it's going to be at between two weeks and six months. That's a short term. And once again, it goes, you know, from a good number to a high number, from a red to a green, from a bear to a bull. And then there's the second one is a midterm. And that's from six months to about nine months. And then everything from nine months to two years, that's considered long term. So sometimes a company will, it's being estimated that, you know, for the first two weeks, it's, it's a short term. It's going to hit its numbers really quick. So it might say that it's a green. It's a go. You should buy this. Um, even maybe to six months and it's going to continue to performing well. But then eventually a year now from, from that point, a year and a half to two years, they kind of see it has a trend of going back down because of a certain seasonal trends or maybe there'll be more competition by that time. Maybe it's other competitors will catch up to them. So maybe it won't do as well. So the advice I might give you would, would be pretty much. To buy now and only keep it for a short term and then sell it. Or it might be the other way around. 
where right now it's not doing too well. It's not going to be doing too well from from two weeks to six months, from six months to nine months. It might not do well to until two years from now. That can that can still be a good sign. What that means is you buy it now, and you just keep it long term for the next two years. And two years from now, it'll bounce back. So just look at it as a more of a long term investment. So that's one thing you want to do when you're buying stocks and shares, mutual funds, bonds. You want to pretty much, uh, you know, dedicate some of it to what you're going to be buying and selling now and something you want to keep long term. So that's another strategy that you can implement when you're buying the, when you're buying stocks or, or shares on the stock exchange. Now I'm going to finish up this conversation or this, this, this podcast. With uh, more or less what's going on with the with the with the stock exchange with the economy, obviously it's not doing too well. Um, the biggest determinants are really the recession, which is pretty obvious. It's the pandemic that we've been having for the last couple couple of years. I'm sure that was my cat. She's always talking. She's very vocal about what she just said right now. She probably doesn't doesn't like where the stock exchange is going as well or the stock market. Another thing that can also that's also been attributing back to back to the health of the stock market is um, the rates and the inflation and, and, and the pandemic and, and uh, like I said, the recession. So it's just a lot of different things. I can't pinpoint one specific thing, but a lot of these factors are pretty much what is affecting the, the stock market in terms of how many people are buying, the shares, the lack of buying, you know, the, the people are no longer buying, they're just selling and not buying again. So there's a lot, there's a lot of factors that go into it. So that pretty much concludes today's episode. Uh, you, we now know what, uh, what, what, what is the stock market is, where the exchanges you buy this, where you can buy stocks, what a stock is, what a stock split is, what a share is. We know what, what's available or what, what, what type of products you can buy on the stock exchange, like stocks, ETS, mutual funds. We now know where you can buy the Fidelity, E-Trade, Robinhood, and we know a little bit about, you know, where it's going now. Where it's at right now, and most importantly, when you're ready to, to create your own strategy, we know a few things, a few tips to look at before you buy something. Remember to always do your research before you buy anything on the stock exchange. You know, you if you you hear good things about it, but you're you're not aware that that company has this been going through some issues last week or two weeks, then you might be buying something that's inflated, and then once the bad news hits and you know the earnings come in, that price might go really bad. You're probably thinking, "Oh man, I bought it at the wrong time. I should have waited." Until that bad news came out and went up on low, then I could about that time. But you know, you took a loss because you bought a high, and, and now, now it's it's not as worth as much as it was. So so keep keep all these different things in mind. Um, so that'll conclude it. Today was the last episode. Today's um, I'm sorry, that was the last the last thing to talk about to, today's episode, which is on the stock market. Next week we're going to be moving on to another topic. That topic will be on. Let's see, give me a second. That podcast will be on starting a business and business credit. So we're going to learn a little bit about what it, what, what you need to do to start a business, where to start your business, what kind of entity to, to, you know, that you can choose from, the location of doing it, how to set it up, your corporation, your entity, whatever it's an LLC, a DBA, what the costs are associated with that, and how to initiate or how to create business credit. And business credit is very important. As a matter of fact, between business credit and personal credit, I want to say business credit is a little more important than than personal credit because the personal credit you're only you're limited to how much borrowing you can have, how much borrowing power. With business credit, it goes a long way, obviously because it'd be more of a cash inflow. But there's just a lot more you can do when you when it comes to leveraging your business credit. So that's the goal. You want to make sure you have good personal credit, and then you want to start breaking into business credit. So I'm going to be talking about that next week, next next Wednesday. 
that'll be in next Wednesday's uh, podcast. And hopefully the following week will be the crypto market or it'll be life insurance. It'll be one of those two. So it's either going to be life insurance and then crypto or maybe crypto going into the life insurance and go into those more, more, more podcasts. I'll be talking about future podcasts. I'll be talking about very specific things now going into specific mortgage programs. I'll be talking about investment ideas like Airbnb, Turo. I'll be talking about accounting. There's a lot of good stuff coming in. And most importantly, I'm going to now be having guest speakers. So next week's episode might be, might be the last one that, you know, I'm doing by myself. And then going forward, I might start having guest speakers more often. Every episode won't be with the guest speaker. It'll be a mix, maybe something about myself, but more or less, you're going to start seeing more, you're going to start hearing more people on here. And, um, like I said, I'm welcome to bring anyone on there who wants to talk about anything. If you want, if you're an, a financial professional, if you want to talk about, you know, what your services you perform, you offer, what your background is, um, you know, if you want to answer any questions, but you want to take questions from followers, this is a good way to, to get some referrals, to get your name out there. It's free publicity. So, like I said, this is, this will do it for my, for my, for today's episode. Please follow, please follow me on Podbean, follow me on Spotify, on Google, I'm also on, on Apple as well now. Um, so I'm expanding, I'm expanding on more and more channels and hopefully I might even get to Pandora soon. But for right now, I'm on Apple, I'm on Spotify, and I'm on Google, and of course I'm on Podbean. Podbean is where I'm being, where I'm posting this, this, uh, this podcast. So thank you for tuning in.